In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, give you thanks and praise on this great Sunday. We ask you to open our hearts to receive your grace and to anticipate for ourselves the gift of the Holy Spirit. Help us to live as Christians, as followers, and worshipers of Jesus. Amen. So I was praying with the Gospel and uh, the season, if you so will, of, of Ascension, the Sundays after Ascension. What came to mind to me was, uh, was a basketball game. Have you ever seen a basketball game, whether it's the NBA, whether it's college basketball, whether it's a fifth grade school basketball league, whatever it is. They go through hours and hours of training, weeks and weeks of practice and drills and all these things. But at the game, at the actual game, there's like a 30-second timeout. And everyone gathers around the coach. And the coach takes a little board. And he points to three things. You go here, you pick here, you pivot around there. Give him the rock and take the shot. So after all the work, all the, all the, all the training comes down to just this little snippet. I'm going to give you really, really quick information and execute it as best as you can. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not as good. So that's what came to mind to me as far as um, like this gospel, is the ascension of Jesus. That of all the years of ministry of Jesus, all the preaching of Jesus, all the healing of Jesus, all the words in the gospel, his life, even the weeks leading up to it, is his, his entering into Jerusalem, his passion, his death, the resurrection of Jesus, all of it comes down to just this. Right. Quick time out. Apostles, here's your, here's your commandments. Preach to all creation. Kind of hyperbole here. All of creation. Everybody. Preach to everybody. And baptize. To preach and the sacraments. To preach and to, do, to, to baptize. And that for all of creation, all of the church history, has been the core and the foundation of who we are in the church. Are these two things. To preach and to baptize. To preach and to bring the sacraments to the people. We do a lot of things. Right? The church is renowned over the centuries for building churches, for having schools, for having orphanages and hospitals, and all these things that are incredibly beautiful and ministries to the world around us, ministry to the people of God, to, to the non, to the poor, to whomever. All of them are very important to the ministry of the church. But the core of the ministry of the church are these two things. To preach and the sacraments. For example, in Acts of the Apostles, after Judas, right, had succumbed to his own self-hate, another homily for another day, but he was no longer part of the apostles. And immediately after the death and the burial and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, the apostles gathered together. The church is now strong. The church is now ready to go and preach. They say, wait, before we do that, we have to replace. We have to replace this apostle because the ministry of the church is that important. The mission of the church is that important. We need a preacher and someone to do, do the sacraments, so they bring Matthias in. They pray about it, and they bring Matthias to be the replacement for Judas. And to this day, we still do this. To this day, we're like, okay, a, a bishop dies, a bishop retires, a priest dies, a priest retires. There's constantly replenishing the ministry of the church, constantly replenishing the ministry of the priesthood of the church. That I come from this generation, and generation before me, and then there's, there's someone in this church who's a generation after me who will become a priest. And it will continue to roll and continue to grow. And that's the ministry of the church that is through the hands of the priests that the sacraments continue. But all of us, this is what's important, all of us are called to this essential core part of the ministry of the church to preach the gospel. Everyone. We preach about this a lot, but it's everyone's responsibility. By the stirring of the Holy Spirit. Think, for example, of the things that happen in the church, like officially. We have the catechism and communion teachers. We have the choirs and servers and the council members. We have the, the, all the ministries we do, all the youth groups that we do. All those who lead those things, lead those ministries, 
The reason that they lead them is because they've been stirred by God. They have a faith and belief in Jesus Christ. And therefore, they've, they've accepted the reality and the response that, therefore, I must preach the gospel. If I am to follow Jesus, I must preach. If I am to follow God, I must be and do his commandments. What's his final commandment? To go out to the whole world and preach the gospel. That's on us. Think of something as, as, as simple, I say as simple, as, as um, parish council. Their hospitality, their welcoming, their cleanliness of the church. Those are really important things in the church that matter. So that people come and they feel preached to. And their life and the world around them, they have to be prayerful. They have to be mindful of their gestures, of what they wear, how they dress. All these things because they represent God in the church. And all of us are like that. So if you look and think of the church like, well, it's Father Pierre's job, it's the priest's job. The apostles, they filled in the ministry with the Matthias. That's the official ministry of the church, the official leadership of the church. That's never been the mindset of the church, ever. The mindset of Christ, ever. It's on us. For example, this weekend is Memorial Day weekend. right? And it's going to be a beautiful Memorial Day weekend. Yet you're here in church. Secularly speaking, if we did focus on only the secular world, not in the Christian world, you should all not be here. You should all go home, have a hot dog, have a beer, and enjoy the weekend. But you're here. Why? Assumingly, because you love Jesus. And because we love God, because we love the church, that is an incredible witness to a world that doesn't love God that much anymore. That all this weekend, right, today and tomorrow, you're going to be doing your thing with your barbecue and your family and friends, and enjoy it. It's Memorial Day weekend. Remember those who have fallen, soldiers who have given their lives for us to live in this country in freedom. And you're going to go and have a barbecue. Like, yeah, I was at Mass on Sunday. Just by saying that. Just by saying I went to Mass today. Is a, is a ministry. Is a preaching. Is, is, is planting seeds for those who don't know God to grow in love of God. Now, when we preach the gospel, we have to be very careful of a lot of things. But two things I want to kind of focus on. Is getting frustrated in the ministry... And how we preach. Think of how frustrating it can be to, to preach the gospel. All of us have somebody, if not dozens of people in our lives, who we would give our left arm for them to follow closer to Jesus. Whether it's a spouse or a parent or a child or, or a cousin or uncle, whomever it is, we just want them to follow Jesus so badly and they just don't respond. And the temptation is, in the modern day of like quick responses, is to get frustrated. Guys, is it even worth it? But think of the gospel today. After the resurrection of Jesus, he appears first to Mary Magdalene, and then to two, for one, and then to two apostles, and then to the eleven. Imagine Christ's frustration with the eleven apostles whom he handpicked, not believing in the resurrection. After he sent three people in two separate occasions to preach to them and to bear witness of the resurrection, and they had hardness of heart. He didn't get frustrated. He was very patient. He endured. He allowed them to grow. And then what happened? Soon thereafter came the Holy Spirit, came the Pentecost, and then the preaching of the apostles. So they went from one to two to eleven to thousands. Because they endured, they persevered, they were patient with the conversion of people. Think, for example, at St. Thomas, this church, this church, the grotto. The reason why we're so gung-ho of expanding the grotto, it's going to be a huge project, is because it's used. It's utilized. 
If you're ever bored on a random day, a random evening, a random morning, just drive through the parking lot. There's always someone there praying. And half the time, they're not churchgoers. Half the time, this is their spirituality. They come, I pop in the grotto for 10 minutes, and I leave. You go to Sunday Mass, once a month, every other month, Christmas, Easter, they're sort of churchgoers. The temptation is to be frustrated with that. That's the wrong mentality. They're getting there. They're on the journey. It might take them a while, but the Holy Eucharist, the presence of God at that grotto, is drawing, something is drawing their hearts to God. And that's their level of their journey. And praise God that they're there. And it draws them closer to Jesus. And it's part, it's part, of, their, it's part of their conversion. It's part of our conversion. We're all, we're all at different places in our relationship with God. And the other part of that is, is frustration and how we preach. This is very important. And in my opinion, which I have a lot of, okay, in my opinion, the reason why a generation was lost, right, and I'll call the generation right above me, is because the generation before them were believers of Jesus. And what they preached were church, sin, you can't sit this way in church, you have to do this, you have to do that, rules. Instead of Jesus. And the reason why the church is on fire today is because we're preaching Jesus. And then from preaching Jesus comes the desire to want to follow Christ properly and then thus do things the right way in a moral mindset. So when you preach the gospel, preach the gospel. Preach Jesus Christ. Preach the ministry. Because, for example, we have a group chat. Me and a bunch of my, uh, my brother priests from California and Detroit. And we, have, we always share homily ideas. So I just kind of threw out there, I was like, guys, what are some examples of excuses that people give for not coming to church? And then the chat blew up, right? Everybody has, like, oh, I'm, and they're all frustrated because the same, but it's the same things, right? I don't go to church because of this one priest. I don't go to church because people who go there, I don't go to church because of this. A hundred percent of the reasons that we thought about the top of our head were about people, not about Jesus. So if we bring people to people, I think, for example, you say, hey, you got to come to my church, St. Thomas, we have these great priests, and they're amazing. And then they come to church, and they see me, and they're like, this guy talks too fast, he's an idiot, right? And then they come see Father Brian, like, this guy talks too much. <laughs> then they see Father Roddy, and it's just a disaster, right? <laughs> like, oh, goodness. It's not about us. We're, I'm your priest for today, thank God. One day I'll be da- dead and forgotten. But if you say, hey, come to Jesus and worship Jesus, and I'm trying, I'm trying to be a saint. You're all trying, trying to be a saint. Somebody's going to be rude to somebody. That's human nature. Well, what matters? What is, what is the preaching that we focus on? Is on Jesus. And in Philippians today is what they really focused on. Because pre- St. Paul is preaching and he's saying, listen, live a holy life, live a humble life, live a good life. He's preaching the moral life of the church. Like who? Like Father Pierre? Like Father Brian? Like Father Radio? Like Father Isam? No, like Jesus. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not deem equality with God, something to be grasped, but emptied himself and took the form of a slave, being born in the likeness of men. It's all about Jesus, the focus of the ministry. And from there, we can grow. And from there, we can be disciples. And from there, we can preach the gospel. My brothers and sisters, I implore you to embrace your baptismal call of Jesus Christ himself 
to be witnesses to his love, to be witnesses to his grace, and persevere and be patient and allow the Holy Spirit to convert the hearts of your faithful, starting with yourself. Amen.